I am Veronica Bezesti, host of Subculture, and if you've taken the opportunity to listen to my show, you have frequently heard this band. Since their inception in 1994, the Dandy Warhols have continued to make music that matters, breaking with the norm and providing at times a glimpse into music's past and future. Uh, I will just say it, their music rocks. I'm quite thrilled to bring to the Portland Radio Project studio Courtney Taylor-Taylor and Zia McCabe of the Dandy Warhols. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. We are recording remotely, so I'm air quoting as I say joining, but thank you for taking the time to chat with me and the PRP listeners. Cool, yeah. Thanks for having us. Yes. I would love to jump into a song right away. When I was setting up the interview, I asked about playing some tunes and specifically said, let's play some deep cuts. Um, one of the choices was Miss Amigos from 2008's Earth to the Dandy Warhols. Why'd you guys choose this song? Give us a little background on it. Uh, I wanted that one just because it's the kind of the most interesting mix I've ever done, the most interesting mm -hmm. production and uh it's it's very lopsided sonically and that's what works about it we had other mixers try to mix it and they just made it sort of too normal mm -hmm. i guess and that this just ended up being the mix that went on the record because it, it it has a thing and like frankly i just wanted to hear it on the radio see oh. what it what it did under those compression uh circumstances that you know, I mean, radio's been around forever, and, and every five, ten years, the EQ and the compression that uh, gets attached to radio changes, and I, sure. I, I'm kind of dying to hear it. All right. Well, we shall make that happen. This is the Dandy Warhols with Miss Migos on Portland Radio Project. We'd like to be the first to welcome you to Los Angeles International Airport. Was there ever a time, uh, and this is for either or, or both of you, when a decision needed to be made, was there ever an ask that the band relocate outside of Portland? What, what's kept Portland as the geographic hub for the Dandy Warhols? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Z, did anyone ever, do you remember anything no, like that? I mean, like we, we considered like recording albums in different places. And, you know, I'm sure it got mentioned, why aren't you down in L.A. when we were first starting, but... I think we all kind of know that, I think part of it is we all have such deep roots in the Northwest. Sure. Maybe had we been a band where we'd, you know, come together from several different cities, we'd be more open to relocating, but we're, we're so dug in here and it, you know, this is where our sound comes from is the influences of the Pacific Northwest in a big yeah. way. So I think it just felt more consistent to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want, uh, you know, being the primary songwriter at the, at the beginning, I was the only songwriter. I, I didn't want to change. I didn't want personally to change. And, and when we were in LA for any length of time, I would find myself starting to uh, be kind of sycophantish and want to get in the velvet rope. And I started, I started having really screwed up priorities. I mean, that, that town it's just overwhelming how how tasteless it is it's yeah. it's really taste is how much does that cost how much does that person make a year you know that and is how much does the other person want it <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah so it's it, you know and and we were just we had such great artist friends and we had such a healthy competitive cool scene going on that 
it would just be career suicide to leave it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's the simply put, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Since we uh, have our little commonality with Zydell Yards, the lot at Zydell Yards, because that's where PRP is, you've got a couple of shows. You've actually got two sold-out shows coming up at the lot at Zydell Yards. How excited are you to get in front of hometown fans again? And how do you see the landscape of the Portland music scene adapting to the kind of slow, arduous reopening of venues? I, God, I don't know. Z, what do you think? I don't know. I just think it's gonna, you know, a little, a little bit more at a time. The venues that that are were are able to reopen will just do whatever it takes to whatever rules are put out for them to comply, so that we can have live music. I think that's what you see at Zydell Yards. It's like utter compliance yeah. um, in order to to be able to have music again. It was cool to go down and see the stage and see the pod set up and. Um, a relief to see that it was more pods than gravel. So when you're looking out, there will be some, <laughs> some faces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we've got a community that's willing to bend over backwards to, to make right. sure that live music can keep happening. And that's one of the reasons that Portland is so special. Do you think that that'll be the continued way that we kind of morph into what the new norm, these outdoor venues? Well, for this, for the summer, it's, it ha it, it will be, but, what I'm concerned about is, you know, four months from now, what is it just going to be these COVID spreading uh, secret raves with live bands? And, uh, you know, is that going to happen uh, or, or is it already happening or, you know, or when? Yeah, I guess it depends on how the um, hesitant, the people that are hesitating to get vaccinated, how well they respond to the incentives that all the communities are trying to come up with. Right. In some mm -hmm. places it's working really well. Um, so if that continues to work, then it won't be such a struggle if if uh, people stay. If such a big percentage stays as stubborn, then, yeah, this is going to drag on. Since we're talking about venues and and you said Courtney about something undergroundish. There's some chatter within the powers that be here in Portland about ending all ages shows. What do you think the impact of that will have on the uh, next generation of musicians? I don't think that's a solution. That's a that's a crummy crummy attempt at a solution. Yeah. What what's that trying to solve? What are what are they trying yeah, to Yeah, how does that What does that solve? Well, I think that there's concern of addiction issues and these kids well, getting into trouble take, because of all ages shows that's absurd how about take away all the fun stuff for them to do and see how drug use rises right yeah <laughs> yeah right well, no skate parks no all-age venues no fun no pool party for you you just get drugs you, yeah that's <laughs> no. what you get you get to go down the that's street and left. hide outside of a park and do drugs with your friends and or find the friend whose parents are gone all the time and just hang out in their basement being druggy kids. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see heavy drug use at the all ages shows I went to as a kid. I saw, you know, drug use in the in the basements and garages where kids had nowhere to go and nothing to do. Right. So I think that's an absurd there you go. There you yeah. go. Good ideas just keep coming. They just keep rolling God. off the tongue. I know let's give the parks to the homeless. <laughs> you know, this yeah. what 
Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. You know how much crime would go up if people couldn't get to parks? People go crazy. There's a, the Ken Burns documentary on New York City. The crime, crime rate just plummeted when they opened Central Park finally. It was, it was like a cure for crime. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously people you know, in our city government saying, we ought to give the, you know, we actually had people. That's like a mentally ill statement to make. It's just insane. You, know, you can't keep people out of nature. They will go nuts. Um, but they obviously didn't, whoever was saying that and driving that, trying to make that happen, didn't, isn't a student of, of society. They're just a politician, you know, they're not, they don't study this stuff. And I, I accidentally did, <laughs> you know, I guess I, 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 I had taken a lot of psychology and sociology and all that stuff, not for any reasons like that. It was just, I wanted to understand people better because I knew I was going to be a songwriter and I didn't want to be a shallow one, I guess, you know, yeah. or an uninformed one. Yeah, le less safe spaces for people in community is, I don't think, ever the answer. Right. Don't yeah. take don't take something away as a solution. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's do a quick intro to the second song that we're going to insert, which is Doves from 2016 Distort Land. Yeah, I really wanted Doves on there because it's a fan favorite. It gets brought up a lot in the, it's in a great the song. Facebook group. And, and I'd kind of forgotten about it because we don't do it live and we just tend to focus on the ones we play live. I went back and listened and realized it really is one of our gems and, and creates a feeling like none other of our songs. And so I just wanted to remind people that that song is out there and how far out it is. It's... um. It's one of my favorites now that I've been. Yeah, it really, it really seems like the new epicenter of our sound, you know, the mm -hmm. early one that really was the center of the center of all things Dandy Warhols was Good Morning. And it's like the new Good Morning. All right. Well, this is Doves by the Dandy Warhols. Uh, I am here with Courtney and Zia from, well, like, I got to tell anybody, the Dandy Warhols. There has been a huge jump in your social media game. Courtney, are you kind of the driving force behind that? Yeah, <laughs> just because I have the most free time, you know. Yeah. I, I walk down to the studio Monday through Friday, um, and I work, and I make up jobs for myself for six okay. hours. So I started by doing 30-second songs writing a 30 second long song and making a video mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. for it. And then after a few months, Pete started coming down and then, I'm, I don't know, maybe a couple months later, Zia started coming down. So every Wednesday, at least the three of us are together. Uh, and that, and that's made them definitely like richer sounding and more like the band. And, and yeah. that's cool. Uh, but the, there's also like Zia does just a seven song playlist every Sunday. I do, a Monday, I just pick an old metal song and my history with heavy metal as a youth and post it and write something about it. And, um, and, and then we've got the live tracks that have, we've been putting out every Wednesday. Every Wednesday is a new live track from somewhere in our past. Yeah, we, that's we been really fun to see and revisit those. Yeah, it really helped to get um, basically the best realist management we've ever had during COVID and um, help kind of wrangle us and get us get us on a good creative path to keep us busy through the pandemic. So we chip away at the new record while we're, you know, 
creating really simple, fun content to put out. And those 30 second songs has like kept us feeling creative without the pressure of making an album. It's been a really kind of freeing experiment. Are there any plans to take any of those 30 second songs and create them into full length tracks? (laughs) Well, our, our idea of plans is basically (laughs) what like other people call beer plans. Okay. Like it sounds great. It's a great idea. Let's do it. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I imagine if there's a few that are really begging to be made into full-length songs, so I'm I'm sure that will happen to a few. Cool, Courtney. I know you have to go, so thank you. Yeah, I'm walking. Okay. All right, Bye, you guys. Court. Thank See you. you. Sweet. Thanks. Ciao. All right. You still with me, Zia? I'm right here. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you. No worries. We one of us can always do it. All right, so let's see. So we talked about the social media, which I really love, by the way. I, I, I My personal favorite's Metal Monday because that's yeah. just kind of a little bit of <clears> my <throat> jam, you know? It fits sort of the theme of the new record, and so those are uh, cool inspirational songs for the, not that we listen to them and then go record, but they're, you know, they're part of the fabric of our of our history, especially Courtney's. I'm not super into metal, but... Yeah. Um, but uh well it yeah, all I got to assume it all just keeps the creative juices flowing and it just gives you an opportunity to just continuing to create whether you're physically tangibly doing it or just mentally. Yes, exactly. Having having all of those pieces each week to focus on and create is um it's really helpful because I think we all went into a little bit of a creative coma. Sure. Some people straight into creativity at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And other people, I feel like myself, went into a little bit of a creative coma at the beginning, and then the the spurt came later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really cool to see how creative people handle their creative outlets disappearing and yeah. how... Um, then you're, you realize it's inside you, so all of a sudden you've created other outlets, and it really shows the tenacity of art finding a way out. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, you know, we're talking about social media, love it or hate it, like the posts from you guys. Sometimes it brings you some great news. I'm scrolling through the gram a few <laughs> days ago, and there it was. You, you guys are touring in Australia with one of my all-time favorite bands. How oh, did wow. you hook up with the Hoodoo Gurus? I have no idea how it happened. I just know we've been rescheduling and rescheduling, and it's looking pretty good that the December tour will actually happen. I know they just had to postpone their U.S. Yes, dates. The, um, for I the second time. Thought, yeah, I saw it and thought it was thought it was us, but we're we're still booked. So good. Hopefully by December, you know, it's not such a not such a huge deal anymore. But yeah, it's their fortieth anniversary, right? Yes. What are we on, like year twenty seven? Yeah. Is that right? Twenty six. That is right. No, twenty seven. Yeah. You're right. So um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear. What the what the thirteen years we haven't experienced? If it's just more of the same, or if they have some um, some wisdom to share with their uh, decade ahead of us? Such that it's a magical lineup, and to my ears, it is a magical lineup. I'm awesome. I'm, I'm so stoked for you guys. Yeah, it should be a really fun bill. Any other shows on the horizon? Rumor has it that you're playing with Federale at Rev Hall on New Year's Eve. That it got canceled last year because of COVID, but that it's scheduled this year. I believe so. Okay. I believe that that's happening. I don't, I don't know for fact, but um, that's that's my assumption as well. Okay. Anything else on the horizon, or is, is Australia just kind of the focus right now? 
Because that's um, a lot. That's a big tour. Yeah, it's crazy that it's not until December. I mean, you know, I, I joined the band when I was 18. To be home from tour for a year and a half was, well, I grew a lot of tomatoes and got yeah. chickens. <laughs> so it's been quite, quite different. Um, but well, let's see, what else do we have? We did reschedule our spring trip to Europe now a couple times. So that's going to be spring 2022. Okay. And there were some summer festivals in Scandinavia that aren't going to happen this year that I would guess, you know, there's going to just be this massive bottleneck of rebooking. Well, right. Because everybody wants those slots and they want them soon. We want to be back out on the road. And it's also, you know, how a lot of people make a living. So it's, it's just, we'll see where the chips fall as everyone kind of jockeys for position. Right. You are DJing a couple of nights over at the lot at Zydell. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to do three of the Thursday, uh, June opening slots. Jenny Don't and the Spurs, Brown Calculus, and I cannot remember who the third act is that I'm opening for. But yeah, it's it's just nice to have some dandy shows, and my other side projects have shows. Brush Prairie and August Darlings are going to do a summer... August Darlings is my other project. Okay. Uh, we're going to do a... A, a summer solstice event out at Southwester. Oh, so, that's cool. Very cute and intimate. It's just nice to have all all projects back online. It feels good. Yeah. Lots of rehearsals to keep up with, but uh, it's been really fun to be back. Mm-hmm. That's so great to hear. There, it, It's got to be nice to actually see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and to not yeah. just always be crossing your fingers to actually see things come to fruition. Yeah, and it's also, you know, I kind of caught myself wondering if it would feel good to be back, it had been so long and, and, you know, life, uh, we have a way of filling in those spaces. Right. And so life was busy and moving forward and it sounded hard to switch gears back to rehearsals and performances and, and fit all of that into the life that had filled in without it. It's been much smoother than my kind of, uh, you know, moment of panic I had when I realized how much was on the schedule for June. Yeah. (laughs) Am I going to remember everything? Am I going to still like it? Um, It's been really fun. And and now I'm just 100% looking forward to all of it. Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I thank you so much for taking time today with as busy as your schedule. I appreciate you finding the time between tomatoes and chickens to <laughs> chat with me. I really, truly do. Of course. I'm going to take us out with one last deep cut. This is the Dandy Warhols with Terraform from 2019's Why You So Crazy. And you're listening to Portland Radio Project. Mm-hmm. 